Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, this is Alexandria, and I love dystopian fiction! So I'll be covering Black Mirror. I'm Jane Smith, and we're going to be talking about Firefly. Who's excited? And I'm Douglas Gale, co-host of Doug Space Nine, where we talk about Star Trek. I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! All right, here we go. Space Nerds mode activated. Uh, I guess you could say this is the next generation of my science fiction podcasting. What once was sci-fi with Jesse Mercury is now Space Nerds. And I'm very excited about this transition. As you heard in the intro, Alexandria, Jane, and Doug are now a part of the show officially. Jane and I will be continuing our Firefly discussions. Alexandria and myself will be diving into Black Mirror from the very first episode and going episode by episode through that show. And I'll also be bringing over the audio from the Doug Space Nine live streams, where Doug and I have been breaking down every episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine in excruciating detail and having so much fun doing it. So you have that to look forward to in the upcoming episodes. Plus, every week, I'll be bringing you the Space News, where I'll be sitting down with one of my fellow Space Nerds to talk about something real, something non-fictional happening in our actual galaxy. I have to take a moment to say thank you to Justin Minnick, who provided the incredible voiceovers for this cosmetic overhaul of the podcast. And also to say thank you to you, the listener, especially if you've been around since the olden days of this show. We're going through a big transition right now that I'm really pumped for. It's really invigorating my excitement about continuing to podcast about science fiction. And I hope that you will stick around for the ride. I wanted to dedicate this episode to Aaron Eisenberg, the actor who portrayed Nog on Deep Space Nine, one of my personal favorite Star Trek actors. I'm incredibly saddened to learn that he passed away at the age of 50 this week. So Doug and I actually talked about this today on the Doug Space Nine live stream. I'll bring you that audio in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, here's our very first space news segment with myself and Alexandria Henderson talking about Moon Jelly. And then after that, we'll have Jane and myself talking about Firefly Episode 6, Our Mrs. Reynolds. Space News! All right, Alexandria, are you ready for some space news? Let's do it. Okay, this is from Space.com. China's Chang'e 4 lunar rover has discovered an unusually colored gel-like substance during ex- exploration. I can do this. I can do this better. <laughs> it's hard to read. China's Chang'e 4 lunar rover has discovered an unusually colored gel-like substance during its exploration activities on the far side of the moon. Our moon. So on our moon, there's jelly. Exactly. I don't think you're ready. There's unusually colored jelly. For this jelly. <laughs> Your audience is going to hate me. Your uh, audience is going to hate me for that. I meant it to. Oh, Miles is tripping on shit. That's all right. <laughs> um, How does that make you feel? Jelly on the moon. You know what? It, it, did you know that there was a... Did you see an article about another Earth? Like like a, another planet in the Goldilocks zone near a star where like... Which means it's not like too close, not too far oh, from the I star. Oh, I see. I was it's, yeah. it's like Goldilocks, <laughs> you and I just face. I just literally just looked at him like, what? Yeah. So like, it could potentially support life and have yes. water. Yeah. There's been there's been talk of a couple of planets that might, you know, be what do they that. call it? Because that's what it makes me think of. The jelly substance makes me think of. So you think that there are creatures on another planet who've lost their jelly? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. 
Um, let me read a little more from this article. Uh, so far, Mission Missionton. So far, mission scientists haven't offered any indication as to the nature of the colored substance and have said only that it is gel-like and has an unusual color. One possible explanation outside researchers suggested is that the substance is melt glass created from meteorites striking the Ooh, surface cool. of the moon. That's cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool, but we have no proof of that. Of course. But does that make sense that like a meteorite would strike the surface of the moon and the glass would melt and, and become jelly? Jelly. Yes. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense as in so much as like, can you go disprove it? Me? Yeah. I can't go to the moon. No one can go disprove it. So hell yeah. Go ahead, jelly. <laughs> like, yeah, hot glass could melt into jelly. We don't know because we don't have that kind of glass here. Well, we don't have that special moon glass or meteorite moon glass. Meteorite glass. I... I I can't disprove what you're saying. Okay, wait. So what I what I was saying, what I was alluding to, uh-huh. is uh, four days ago, water found for first time on potentially potentially. See, I can <laughs> see do better as well. It's contagious. <laughs> water found for first time on potentially habitable planet. Oh, really? Then, eighteen hours ago, Forbes says, and I'm not even gonna click the article because the the title is enough. The title says. Not only didn't we find water on an Earth-like exoplanet, but we can't with current technology. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? Okay, scientists are having a disagreement. They are. So four days ago, we're like, yeah, we found water. And Forbes was like, okay, like not only did we not, but we, but we can't. Because <laughs> we ain't got that kind of technology. Wow. So. You know, uh, I mean, I don't know how to feel about that. Oh, the planet that we're talking about is K2-18b, mm. because that is so... That's it. It's we a don't... sexy name. I Oh, it's in the realm of the whole, like... Okay. We're going to have to... If you're going to read shit, you're going to have to oh, look see, at See, I microphone. get excited. Sorry. And I'm like... <laughs> everybody's like, what? I just keep walking away from that. Are anyway. You, you're just Googling. Always be Googling. I do. Always be Googling. ABG. You got that ABG fever. I do. <laughs> I'm excited but no, about... But this, no, this article is way too deep. Yeah. that That's the thing about space news is that, like, often it's full of information that I don't understand, and the only thing that I needed to read was in one paragraph that's, like, two-thirds of the way through it. Right, right, right. Because that's um, what I'm doing. I'm scrolling, yeah. and I'm just like, nope. I'm I, not going to read that. I'm really excited about the prospect of finding out new shit about our moon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that moon has been in the sky every day since I've been alive. Aww. And everyone else who's ever existed. True. And we just learned something new about it. Yeah. And we don't even know what it means yet. It's true. And I think that's super exciting. The reason why it's so weird for me, too, is because literally got... I'm still in the middle of this series that is set in space. Oh, right. And so, to me... In the books, they're already living on the on the moon. They're living on all the different planets. So you're like, we've been living on the moon for a while. I was like, while. what you mean? Of course there's water on the moon. But there <laughs> yeah. isn't because it's totally fictional. That's I'm just doing. like one of those characters That's lost why you need jelly. to read that series because I feel like... Yeah. yeah. What's it called again? Red Rising. Red Rising. You've told me this like Written 10 by times. Pierce Brown. Nice. Um, it's a fantastic series. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I hope so. It's so dystopian. It's so science fiction. And it's set in space. Come on. Yeah, what else could you want? Come on. But yeah, yeah, so, so the meteorite, you know, slammed into the moon. It was like, ow! And like bled a little bit, and the, bled, the blood was jelly. Yeah. And 
And like, how do we how do we know that it's jelly? Like, why do we get to quantify? Like, you know what I mean? That's the thing is that there hasn't been that much information melted released. Melted glass. That's just someone guessing who wasn't involved at all. Just like another scientist guessing what it might be because they haven't released any information as of yet as to what this jelly substance might be. But like, this is a story I will be following. So when you go down to because Tacoma... Because I'm ready for that jelly. And you, know you blow... I, you are ready for that jelly. I'm ready. You know how when you go to Tacoma and you go to the Museum of Glass and they're like blowing hot molten glass, is that jelly? Oh, okay. See, that makes some sense. Yeah, okay. But that means that maybe this this lunar rover came across this molten glass right after it crashed? Because it would have to still be hot enough. You're right to be jelly. To be jelly, but like, how cold is the moon? It's pretty fucking cold, right? I, I feel think like hot glass jelly would be just be fucking not, glass just shatter, like pretty yeah. soon. I don't know. I don't know. I think that it's alien blood. I think that, like in Doctor Who, the no. moon is actually just a giant egg, and there's I, a creature inside that's trying to get out. Trying to get out, and we're just going to see it hatch. Yeah, the moon is going to crack open, and a giant space bird is going to come out. That's creepy. Yeah. And this jelly is the first sign of that. That's, That's the space news. That's it. That's it. <laughs> space news! For the last few months, Douglas Gale and I have been having an amazing time live streaming the show Doug Space Nine on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sci-Fi. I've decided that as part of the Space Nerds relaunch of this podcast, I'm going to start sharing those conversations here on the podcast feed. So next time we have a podcast, I'm going to bring you the first episode of Doug Space Nine, The Emissary. So this week... We all heard the horrible news that Aaron Eisenberg has passed away. So today during our Doug Space Nine live stream, Doug and I actually spent a few minutes to talk about Aaron, and I wanted to share that with you on the podcast today. Um, before we get back into this, I wanted to talk a little bit about Aaron Eisenberg, because oh, right. he just passed away a couple days ago, and I was like personally really hit by that news mm-hmm. and really upset by it. Um, he's only 50 years old, and... He just started a podcast recently called the Seventh Rule Podcast that actually right. is very similar to what we do. Um, right. He's doing it with Sirach Lofton, right. who played uh, Jake Jake Cisco. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like I, I've also I've met him before, and I've had a little bit of back and forth correspondence about potentially having him come on my podcast oh, at one point. Yep, yep. Um, which he did. He actually agreed to come on my podcast, but it was before his kidney surgery, right. and then I was never able to get in touch with him after that. Yeah, and I totally understand. Because sure, sure. He was going through a lot. Um, but he was really kind in the personal messages he sent, even though he didn't really know who I was. Right. Um, but yeah, I actually... seemed like a genuinely... Because there are some people, uh, William Shatner, who seem like just real assholes in real life. <laughs> and uh, Aaron seemed... Aaron Eisen... Eisenberg. Aaron Eisenberg seemed like a decent guy. Yeah. Like, treated fans nicely at conventions and Absolutely. that kind of thing. You, know? you were friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, I was as well. Uh, I love following him on Facebook. So, yeah, I met him at a Star Trek convention in SeaTac uh, a few years back, and I got to talk to him for a little while, um, and I told him about how much I love Only a Paper Moon, oh, okay. which I'm sure he gets a lot, but sure. he was so gracious, you know? Because, like, I'm someone who's had several different, like, health struggles in my life, and that episode really meant a lot to me at, like, yeah. a dark time in my life where this character was going through PTSD and trying to, alert. trying to escape the world. Uh, in the holodeck, and his portrayal in that episode was so good. Yeah. It's so it's one of my absolute favorite episodes of the whole show. Um, so I got to tell him that in person, which was such a cool thing. And you know, it seemed he seemed to really light up at the idea that his work had impacted someone else's life in a positive yeah. way. Um, and I, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to 
share that with him. Yeah, and I'm great. devastated to hear that he's passed away so young. They haven't released the cause of death yet, but um, I don't know. Just I, knowing the health struggles that he's had, I my my first thought was that I, I wonder if something happened with his kidney transplant. So right, um, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. And it sucks. He's you know he's got a wife and mm-hmm. I believe he has kids as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just so so sad. Mm-hmm. But we will continue to enjoy his performance as Nog on this show for the rest of our show. Man, I hope his family's doing okay, and I just I just think the world of Aaron Eisenberg, and he will be sorely missed. Okay, let's get into our science fiction discussion for this week. Jane Smith and I will be talking about episode six of Firefly, Our Mrs. Reynolds. Science fiction! All right, we're back. We're- <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm trying. Take two. We're back for we more are Firefly. Back. Hello, internets. How are you, Jane? I'm fabulous. How are you, Jessica? I'm f- I'm fabulous also. Excellent. We just watched our Mrs. Reynolds. We did. The best. It's so good. This episode is so strong. Every scene is so tight and f- crammed full of jokes, visual <laughs> jokes, verbal jokes, uh, it, but it's like pithy with like meaning yes i i just i can't gush about this episode enough but we're gonna try we're gonna try yeah yeah their best every scene is wonderful Mm -hmm. every moment is wonderful yeah there's so much amazing humor there's so many good lines just from the opening (laughs) like the covered wagon starts coming across the water (laughs) and just like all the bonnets and the bonnet (laughs) just for anyone who's seen this episode it's just you're tickled from the moment it starts yeah. until the moment it ends, till the credits roll. It has one of my favorite lines of the show, which mm. is, my days of not taking you seriously <gasps> are definitely favorite. coming to a middle. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've used that many times. There's so many quotables from this episode, but that's, yeah. I think that's the best one. It's so good. Yeah. There's so many good ones. Yeah. Well, let's, let's break it down. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, so the beginning is the... They're, I don't even know what they're doing, but they're in a... They're in a job. They're, yeah, they're in some job of some kind. There's some uh, outlaw-type uh, unsavory fellas that are kind of harassing this small village area and, you know, squeezing right. them for money and holding up all their villagers for, for goods or whatever. And so they clearly hire the Serenity crew to come in and take care of their problem. Yeah. And uh, we start off in like in the heat of it and uh yeah and, see mal in a dress it's yeah <laughs> jane and mal are in the front of this covered wagon yeah and it's like revealed first that jane is the person hiding under the hat and then that mal is the person hiding yeah. it behind the bonnet right you would expect because all you see is like these shawls and yeah. like layers of skirts and, and like is it kaylee the is biggest it, bonnet ever is it nara like who is it it's mal it's mal and like what that creepy bandit dude is like, mm-hmm. you're gonna give me all your stuff and maybe give me some time with that wife of yours. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's that's... like, I married a mighty ugly woman. <laughs> powerful ugly. Powerful creature. ugly creature. Uh. How could you say that? <laughs> yeah, like every every uh... piece of dialogue in this episode is just a little bit like tilted in that Joss Whedon language in mm-hmm. a way that is so effective. Yep. Um, and this was written by Joss Whedon. This episode was written by Joss Whedon. Yes, it was um, written. It was not directed by because he was doing. Uh, this was the time when he had three shows going right. at the same time, <laughs> so he was a little busy. Yeah. Um, 
but Tim Minear, I think, was floating around in the background and kind of overseeing things, but someone cool. else uh, someone else directed. And um, it doesn't matter because this is golden. Like, right, totally. This Whoever did it, did a good one. Vondi something? Condi? Von, Von, I think it's Vondi. Condi uh, Vondi. Yeah, with a name like that. How could you forget? <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, there's a couple of really interesting cuts in the beginning of this episode, like when they cut from the the like the gunfight around the covered wagon. They cut to the party that they're having where they're all dancing around the fire and mm-hmm. where Mal accidentally gets married. Um, but there's some like really jarring cuts that are somehow like really effective at kind of conveying time and space and you know going from one scene to the next. Oh, definitely, and the and the lighting uh, yeah. in this episode. There's some really powerful moments, like uh, when they go. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like they jump from the engine room to immediately the hall outside of it. And the lighting change is like drastic. Yeah. But it really helps set the tone for what's going on in one room versus the other room. Totally. Even like the juxtaposition at the very end when they go into the woods in the snow Mm -hmm. um, where Saffron's hiding out or whatever her name is. That there was so many amazing moments of like transition that were like really jarring but worked so well it's just like a really well-made episode of television it is start to finish all around so tight even all these years later um it's just it holds up you could watch this episode well i've watched it probably a hundred couple couple hundred (laughs) times uh a lot i've seen it a lot uh and it's still entertaining it's enjoyable you can just lose yourself in it over and over again yeah totally yeah so we meet saffron at this like party that they're having and i i love how how much fun the crew is having at this party like you get to see jane and mal together drinking together which you really never see again or or before that them just enjoying themselves not like working or worrying about their like captain to crew member relationship it's just two guys blown off steam yeah you know enjoying themselves at a party yeah and, and it's great it's wonderful yep. <laughs> and when he walks up to him later he's like um how drunk was i last night i don't know <laughs> i passed out he's like mm, okay <laughs> it shows so much character for yeah. everyone um the only person that i think has zero line in the televised show is river yeah i noticed that she actually had some stuff that was cut out and i oh. meant to watch us watch the deleted scenes because oh. they're on the they're on the dvds oh cool next um time. have you seen any of the deleted i don't stuff? know if i have i don't know if i've seen a single deleted scene from firefly oh boy uh i messed up we should have done that um well maybe we'll do like a Maybe, Maybe a, we'll do a whole podcast about deleted scenes. A special, like, <laughs> did you know trivia about Firefly yeah. that we didn't cover already? Um, yeah, so River, being crazy, um, sees... Well, let, let's come back to this. Let's circle okay. around. We'll put a pin in it. Okay. We'll come back around to River because cool. we should talk about other stuff before we talk about her deleted stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Saffron ends up on the ship yeah. and we find out that she's married to Malcolm um surprise you got His married last night reaction reaction is incredible <laughs> he has the best reaction shots in the show and every time there's a woman that comes into his life that he was not expecting it's the same like huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah the but he does it so well the moment right before you cut to the opening 
um, title sequence mm-hmm. where there's no dialogue for a second and he just stares at her awkwardly and yep. then he like his eyes and open then, wider and, then he, and like, he blinks. stares again. <laughs> it's just like the perfect acting choice. Yeah. It is so funny. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how uh, well, I, I was saying at that point, I was like, so, uh, any other writer would have put like a huh or like yeah. any, or a, a, a what now or some There'd be like a one liner, like one a line. Yeah, something zany thing. There's just nothing. It's just yeah. him taking in the information that he's married. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like the surprise on his face is insane. It's, it's the so last good. thing he was expecting. Yeah. Like he was upfront wary about this person. Like, clearly you're here to steal all my stuff. What are you doing on my boat? Yeah. You know, and then she comes out with like. Well, I'm your wife. And he was just like, that was the last thing he thought right. was going to happen to him that day. <laughs> yeah. And like when he, when, the, when it comes back in after the opening sequence, that whole, that whole scene is so funny. Mm-hmm. Just the comedic timing of everything is so good of yeah. like Zoe calling the whole crew down to make sure they're all there to watch. And <laughs> everything's dialed up to 11 it's in so this episode. Good. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably because Fox was putting some pressure Hmm. on uh on joss and to manier to like make it more more yeah <laughs> you know they're like sexier and funnier and zippy and like action-packed and like we need more drama so crank it up to 11 yeah um i think this was i think this was the third episode that they actually aired so oh really it was wow uh it like right out the gate and they were just like give us everything (laughs) yeah they're like we're probably gonna cancel you unless you can really wow us unless you can give us your best and so and they did and they they still got canceled i know it's so sad yeah yeah Uh, it's i mean i i can't even i watch a lot of tv and mm -hmm. i've talked about a lot of tv and podcast and live stream form Mm -hmm. and i feel like i have a critical eye for tv and this show is really remarkable yeah i think i i just think that you can just feel how much fun everyone's having. Yeah. And you can feel how much passion and love and joy was poured into the into this project mm-hmm. from everyone involved. Yeah, not just the actors. Right. It's not just the, like the people that you see on screen. Like the set designers are having so yeah. much fun. Totally. You see parts of the ship in this episode that you don't really dwell on much. That, uh, and we've like, also never really seen before. Yeah, like, like Mal's um, quarters. Yeah. Which we saw for a second in the pilot, you, you saw, but like, only like a, a tiny corner of it, was it like, like a, where he pees. It was a space pee. Yeah, yeah it's a space <laughs> it's pee. Like, look at all the things that they have to put into like the bulkhead of the right. wall. Like when it's a spaceship. Right. Um, but I was really just like we were watching it earlier, marveling at the tiny details. Like someone put a money plant in his quarters because that's supposed to be like a have this plant and make it grow and your fortune will grow. And oh it's my like, god! Clearly, that's something that like. A guy who's struggling to survive and to get the next job. It's like, yeah, he'll. It's maybe it won't work. Maybe it's just superstition. But I'll put a plant. Yeah, you know? I'll like, take a money not? plant. I'll, I'll do what I gotta <laughs> do. I'll put this money plant in my, in my ship. <laughs> but uh, it's just the little, the little things you really appreciate. Yeah, there w- there was a moment during this episode where I got lost in the shape of the oval doors leading out of the uh, cockpit. I'm like, that's a great shaped door. Yeah. Yeah. It really makes you feel like you're in a ship. You know, they yeah. call it a boat all the time. Right. And it really makes you think of like old nautical, like submarines with like the, you have to step over these weird, like metal 
barricades between rooms, you uh-huh. know, like, right, right, right. like, like it's an airlock, you know, they yeah. live on a spaceship. Each right. room needs to have all these functional, practical right. things. Just like a submarine has. Yeah. Like you have to step over stuff like that on submarines because yeah. they're made to lock up, you know. There's a submarine down in Portland um, that they used for like two seconds to <laughs> film um, The Hunt for Red October. It's oh. called The bluebell i think i saw that movie a couple years ago for the first time yeah didn't care for it i didn't i didn't see it until fairly recently but um i've been on that submarine and it is (laughs) tiny i Mm. don't think i could live that life yeah when i was a kid we took a tour of a submarine in san diego Mm -hmm. like a working active military submarine yeah it was it's crazy it's like makes you question very claustrophobic how you do long term on a spaceship yeah, well, hopefully it's the Starship Enterprise and, you know, <laughs> you've just have pastels got and miles and miles of hallway. Yeah. yeah. Although I think the ship that I'd most want to live on is Serenity. Definitely. I'm like, torn between Serenity and the Enterprise D. Yeah. Well, they each have their merits. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Holodeck. I, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. It's very clean on that ship. Yeah. But Serenity has so much charm. It's got everything that i need yeah (laughs) and you know if you get sick of the ship you just dock on a planet for a little while yeah totally and if you bring your nintendo switch you're always entertained (laughs) um so in that in that first scene where it's revealed that that mal accidentally got married anara reacts poorly like she's obviously jealous right this this is my one gripe with this episode is Mm -hmm. anara's arc Mm mm-hmm um, which gets so funny and I love where it goes, but I, I feel like her reaction was a little strange. It's a little strange. Um, when you put it into the hindsight of, have we talked about what her big reveal was going to be? Um, I know you and I have, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. I okay. think so. Well, let's well, do it. Super spoilers for anyone who doesn't know and for doesn't that want never to know. Was on the show, never Jim, was on the show, never will because yeah, the show is canceled. If this is you're diving in, you found this, and you're like, oh, don't spoil things that weren't revealed on the show for me. Just give it a good five minute skip. Just fast forward a little. We'll talk about it, and then you can come back into the conversation when it's yeah. safe. But this is spoilers for something that never happened. Never happened on the show. Yeah, and it was, was just never planned. officially made canon, <laughs> right. except for the fact that. Tim Minier talked about it, and Joss was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they hint at it, um, even right in the pilot, um, when the Reavers are coming, and everyone's freaking out, and they're making preparations for, like, what's going to happen. Um, Inara pulls out this vial, and everyone's like, what is that? Is that, like, super death serum? Like, if she <laughs> stabs a, a Reaver with that, will it melt them? Or, like, what? what, what is it? Uh, it's medicine because she has, they never said exactly what it was, but she has some sort of lethal, uh, disease. Yeah. She's, she's dying. Yeah. Like terminal illness, terminal illness. She goes to the doctors, uh, a couple of times and like never really says what it is. She's like, Oh, it's just a normal checkup. Don't worry about it. Um, but she, as we meet her when the show starts is already dying, which is why she left seen on. Um, she had it really good at the Academy and things were great for her in the core planets, but she wanted to see the universe before mm-hmm. she dies. Cause I think she's only got a couple of years to live Yeah, is, is what they expect. Yeah. But, so uh, 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. So that comes around to like why she's acting a little weird in yeah. this episode. Um, clearly, she likes Mal. I like that's not very hard to figure out. But um, there's one particular moment when he comes into her shuttle to hide from Saffron. Uh-huh. And he starts going off on a tangent about the future. And he says, wouldn't it be great if 10 years from now I had a whole pass of critters underfoot? And she freaks out on him she's like can you leave me alive for five minutes just get out of my shuttle yeah and it's because he's talking about 10 years from now she's not gonna have that yeah so she's just like i can't deal with this it's already stressful enough just get out (laughs) that's interesting yeah Yeah, because in the comic books which are supposedly a canonical continuation Mm -hmm. malin and ara are together and i don't think there's any mention of her having this terminal illness i don't know how far out they Go. Yeah, and there's still new stuff coming. Yeah, um, I think they're gonna get into that because she's still holding it pretty close to the vest. Like, I hope so, yeah. uh, because it is in the show. You know, mm-hmm. you can feel it in the show that something is there. Something is up with her, and you don't know what it is. And then yeah. when I heard that for the first time, I'm like, oh, of course, that's Makes what's sense. happening. Yeah. Although I will also say that I don't like it as a story point that she has this terminal illness. Um, I don't know why it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I can understand that. Um. They didn't really use any of the normal tropes, I guess, of like, oh, she's dying, so you might as well get married, or like, I don't know, like, yeah, um, you just have a relationship because she's dying, you know, like, they never really went into that. Um, yeah. I, didn't make it too awkward. Yeah, I, something about it just feels off to me. I, I don't know why. Maybe because... I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Because like, yeah. we never really got to know what they were going to do with it. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I'm kind of glad that we that they never got there. That it never there. went there. Yeah. 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 I understand. Like, when last time we were talking about safe, how the, like, burn the witch thing just, uh-huh. like, got under my skin a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, Like, totally. it wasn't a deal breaker. The episodes still got great moments. But it just, eh, just yeah. wasn't my favorite, you know? Yeah. Well, and then how it plays out in this episode with her jealousy, I feel like, mm-hmm. felt a little strange to me because... Why, why would she be jealous of Mal marrying someone that he's never met and doesn't understand he's married to? Right. It feels a little forced. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. she yeah. should be aware enough to realize that he's either getting played or, uh-huh. like, it was a mistake uh-huh. and, like, he didn't choose this. So, it's not like he's betraying you. It, it, like, you guys don't even have a relationship like that. So, right. why are you mad? Exactly. Like, That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. And I feel like it was played for jealousy to try to set up this, you know, will they, won't they. Mm-hmm. Um, a little I, deeper. Like, this episode really kind of lays on that yeah. more than anything so far has. I feel like Fox was probably breathing down their necks, like... We need you to lay some seeds and yeah. like put a little more tension in this. Yeah, and, like I, I feel like that was a yeah maybe a producer note or something. Yeah, it's the only thing that feels forced to me in the episode, mm-hmm. or the only thing that feels untrue to the character, because this episode is so full of incredible character moments, mm-hmm. and like the way that the plot gets from point A to point B is generally through the characters doing something interesting that yeah. tracks with their character and that's my favorite type of writing yeah so i just really really love it and that's the only one that kind of sticks out to me but what i love about it is um i mean it, it leads into the moment where she comes and finds mal passed out after saffron is <laughs> like giving him the the good night kiss right and then she kisses him because she's so glad that he's alive she's and then she thinking, passes out like and it is hilarious like she it's just so better. funny 
Yeah, know? it's so good. And I love how she is the one who figures out that Saffron is... Um, oh, I know. A compa- that, like companion training of some kind. That moment. She sees through her. Yeah, when they're, when they're sizing like, each other up. They're oh, just great. going at it and and like you could tell like the wheels are spinning in each of their heads and they're like, oh man, I gotta gotta lie my ass off right now because right. this person is good. Yeah. You know. You're good. You're excellent. You're Who are you? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's really great. It's some of the best TV just like ever that has ever been I agree. I in agree. the history of ever. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I... I, I remember watching this for the first time and being so surprised that Saffron was um, playing Mal. Because, oh, because she was playing the audience, too. Oh, like, totally. Yeah. And, like, the, I mean, the whole, like, the writers, the director, they're all playing us, too. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the beauty of this episode is that the crew is being played, but so are we. So right. you really feel it. And it, it puts you in the story in a way yeah. that's so cool. Sometimes there's, like, the dramatic irony where, like, you know what the like the villain is doing you know like if the camera's on them when none of the other crew members are around you can like see them in their nefarious deeds and like uh-huh. we didn't get any of that right. until mal was already down right and then they like lifted the curtain we we're like oh right yeah. and then we run with uh saffron she's trying yeah. to She's trying seduce to wash. wash. <laughs> Suddenly, like yeah. rolling her eyes behind him as he's yammering. I know, I love it. It's so cute. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And then she tries to seduce Anara. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then she steals Anara's shuttle and runs away. And then we find out that oh, and she sabotages the ship, which was a really yeah. cool sequence, right. especially when Kaylee and Wash are looking at the sabotage job later and just like marveling and over how good it admiring was, admiring it. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, we got to see all the steps she took, and uh-huh. then hearing them lay it all out, what she did, the and why jargon. it fucked them so hard, yeah. was really satisfying as, like, a like a, a techie nerd. Like, yeah. someone who loves the techno babble on, on Star Trek, mm-hmm. that was just, like, really good. <laughs> I think the, uh, the Joss term for it is phlebotinum. Phlebotinum, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's great, because a lot of times, someone in that position who's conning people because they're pretty like they're just a pretty face Mm -hmm. and it turns out that she's educated she's uh technically able like she she did all the rewiring and everything in seconds flat that messed them up for hours right um she's got skill which is really great that they it's like it's a respectful way to take someone who's just a pretty face and and make them uh, a competent villain instead of just boobs. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something about it like really works for me. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that questions as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is a story about a woman being sold. <laughs> like, It's and, very and questionable it's really at first. troubling. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, we're like, these are criminals. Like the main crew are criminals. This mm-hmm. is not a morality play. Right. But there, there are moral questions brought up in the episode, especially by Shepard book. Who's like, you're going to a special hell if you take advantage <laughs> of this young lady. And Another then the fact that quotable. she's taking advantage of him was so interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and the episode is about like people use each other. You know, that's what this universe is, is yeah. people just use each other. But the only reason that Mal can get by and, and, and live and succeed is because he has people that aren't using him on his side. Right. And that's the message. And they the hang a lantern on it and yeah, like totally. say it when he finally catches up to her in the little cabin yeah. in the snow. But but it's done so masterfully throughout the episode that it's like, well, obviously, <laughs> you know, <laughs> duh. Yeah. You didn't need to tell us that, Mel, but we get it. Yeah. 
I like it though. I I like when uh, I I like when a writer like hangs their hat and yeah. says like this is what this was. Right. This was the moral of the story. Kids. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a hair sappy, but I'm I'm into it. But it's it's nice. It was. It was done so well that you don't really feel gross about it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and this episode brings up a lot of... Well, it fleshes out the universe a little bit more. Like, it's really troubling what you discover about this universe that women right. are just being sold I mean, as property. It and- starts off in this place where people have hired, like, basically vigilantes to come in and murder some outlaws who right. are bugging them right. and then they have a party about it and they dance right. and they drink and they celebrate right. and then the the people who were hired to do the murdering think that it's okay that they were paid in goods and wives. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like no one blinked an eye at that. They were and, just like, okay. And Jane is trying to trade his favorite gun, <laughs> his favorite gun. For, for a wife. <laughs> and introduction of Vera, yes. everyone's favorite gun. Everyone's favorite gun. I, uh, I played this game 20XX on the Switch, and mm. it had a bunch of guns that you can upgrade, and one of them is named Vera, uh, which made me so happy. That's great. Yeah. yeah the Easter I, eggs. I love Vera. I mm. love Jane's relationship with his favorite gun. I know. I love that he's talking to her towards yeah. the end, which yeah. He, when they put her in this, her when they put the gun in the spacesuit, yeah, and he's like, "See, Vera, you dress yourself up nice, and take you out somewhere fun." It's like, who talks to their gun? <laughs> Crazy person. Yeah, <laughs> and that was such an interesting detail. Like the gun needs oxygen to fire, mm-hmm. so it had to be put into a spacesuit. Right. Such a cool detail. You don't you don't think about stuff like that yeah. until you're in space. Yeah, I guess that's. I guess like gunpowder needs oxygen to ignite. Yeah, for the. I've never thought about that before. For the chemical reaction and the like explosion to happen. Yeah. There's got to be oxygen. Have you read Artemis? No. Have you read uh, the the Martian? Yes, you gave sec- it to me. Oh, good! Yay! Yeah. yeah, that was like my go-to gift for people for a while. I was like, that you, book you need to read this. Was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome so good and the movie i think was disappointing because the book was so good the book was so good it was only gonna go downhill because like you have to cut a lot out for movies especially if you're trying to cater to wider audiences hmm. um his follow-up <laughs> book uh oh on the moon <gasps> i haven't read that yet i should lend it to you i would love to read that um because we have a signed copy somewhere what's his name um andy weir andy weir that's right yeah, yeah. uh it's not as good as The Martian. I don't want to like okay. get your hopes down or or like undersell it. I don't know, but it's got really good moments, but it's got some fun like space you need oxygen for certain oh. things to happen. Yes. Um, That's what I love about The Martian like that. is yeah. that I it just like presented living on Mars scientifically in a way right. that i'd never seen yeah but just living on another planet at all you know it's like, like what would go into that super geek it's I, like, yeah it's so it's good like it's, but it's great yeah. and but it also has this brilliant sense of humor mm-hmm. and that's what was lacking for me in the movie like mm-hmm. i like matt damon but i would not have cast matt damon in that part um he's not known for his comedy except for the uh marvel cameos he's been doing but, oh like what um the Deadpool. Oh, right. He was one of the rednecks in the uh-huh. toilet paper manifesto scene. Yeah. I think that he's actually really funny. <laughs> he's He is and funny, I, but... And maybe it was the script or something. Like, the, the the humor of the character was backed off from. Mm-hmm. Like, the the geekiness of the character was backed away from. Yeah. Um, well, it was hard, because a lot of that was, like, inner monologue for him. He uh-huh. couldn't, like... 
I mean, I guess he did talk to himself a little bit because, right. you know, he's the only person there. Right. I feel like it's the responsibility of the filmmaker adapting it to mm-hmm. find a way to get that stuff in because it's, like, yeah. vital to the character. Yeah. Maybe so I didn't feel, more... like, connected to that character in the movie the way I did in the book. Yeah. Definitely. It it was missing some of the its, it's zaniest moments. Like, yeah. Like, uh, the... Um, the... Um, not emojis, but like the, like the ASCII drawings that he did as he was texting back to Earth. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. He was all like, oh, the entire world is watching this? Yeah. How about this? I love that <laughs> stuff. Like, oh, I should read that again. That it's, was really good. Yeah. It's a good read. Um, oh, but. Why are uh, we talking about this? I forgot. Artemis. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Gunpowder. Okay, on yes. On the moon. Yes. Gunpowder, Vera. Vera yes, needs yes, yes. suit. <laughs> What 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 is Artemis about? Um, it is a moon heist. Is is Artemis his other book? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's his second book. Now I understand. Okay. So you're like, <laughs> yeah. how did we get here? Now I'm with you. Okay, uh, so Artemis. The guy that wrote The Martian, Andy Ware, he wrote a book called Artemis, which is about a girl who lives on a uh, a station on the moon that um it. Things happen and she has to pull a heist. Oh my god, this sounds awesome! Yeah, and she is. She she was trained as a welder, so she knows lots of uh, ways to do things. Ways to weld. (laughs) Ways to weld, (laughs) and things get crazy when you weld in space. Oh, oh my god, that sounds so cool! Yeah, like you know, I I am like such a space nerd. Mm -hmm. Like I really love this shit. Yeah, uh, I'll get you Artemis. Just like. Thinking about how things work in space is really exciting to me. And yeah. I feel like Firefly, of of most of the shows that take place in space, I feel like Firefly does a better job of making you feel the difference of living on a spaceship versus, right. like, being at sea or, you know, right. like, living in an apartment building. They, they take it very serious, and there's so much respect for it. Like, in one of the earliest scenes, zero sound. And yeah. like most sci-fi flicks will put in like a, you know, crackling radio or like the sound of breathing as if you're underwater in a scuba suit or something uh-huh. or like, you know, laser pew, 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 you know, like that's, <laughs> there's no sound when you're just floating in a vacuum of space. Right. So like, doesn't, it doesn't happen in a lot of sci-fi movies. Yeah. And it's a that's definitely a point of contention for a lot of people. Like, should mm. there be sound or not in mm. space? Because obviously, scientifically, there wouldn't be. And I think Firefly does a better job of representing what it would actually sound like. Yeah. And I even love that, like, when he shoots Vera at the end of this episode, it doesn't make any noise. Right. Which is so cool. But on the other hand, like, we're also, we're going to the movies, you know? Like, it doesn't need to yeah. be scientifically accurate. You suspend a little bit of disbelief, especially if yeah. it's like a big battle scene or something. You kind of expect. Yeah, like the sound of a TIE fighter is iconic. Yeah. That like TIE fighter whine is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. And it, it would be not as cool to not have that. You know what I mean? Right, right. It, it's not the same experience. Yeah. And we're kind of trained to expect something. So yeah. sometimes you don't even notice it. But yeah, it's the little details. I do, I do love the lack of sound on Firefly. I think it was mm-hmm. a really bold choice, especially mm-hmm. for the time. Yeah, especially and, for being a show on Fox. Yeah, and it's like we dial it up to twelve. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, I mean, for me, my head cannon when I'm watching something and I hear the sound in space, I'm like, well, that's the sound the engines make, even if I wouldn't hear it from this distance. Right. It's like sometimes you'll hear dialogue 
over a, a shot of a ship flying away because like you're about to cut to that scene. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not actually hearing that dialogue from out in space. You're just right. hearing where you're about to go. So you, it's like, well, I'm just hearing the sound of this engine, even though it wouldn't yeah. make this sound in space. It doesn't. That doesn't bother me. It's an editorial choice. Exactly. Yeah, but I do like it both ways. You know, I mm-hmm. I do like I really like it in Firefly in particular how mm-hmm. they use the lack of sound in space. I think it's really effective. Yeah. Super cool. I also really liked that scene when they are like trying to figure out where they're headed when she's blinded the ship and they're just barreling through space and they're mm-hmm. going towards that net. Right. And they have that readout um, where it's like they can only see this glowing it's energy orb and they figure out that so it's the net from that. Grainy. And yeah. they're just like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. But I love that um, Shepard Book is the one who recognizes what it is. Mm-hmm. Just adding to that mystery of who is this guy. Right. Long before we figure out what's going on and he's just like, he knows instantaneously. He just like glances at it. And then Mal's like, oh, it's a net. Yeah. And then, but like, Book is the one who explains it to everybody and then goes yeah. into gory detail about like, <laughs> well, sometimes they just like to gas the people inside instead of electrifying the whole ship. And it's like, right. Uh, Burn you from the inside how out. How do you know all of this? Yeah. And how disturbing is that? That there's people out there just looking for ships flying by, mm. disabling them, yeah. killing everyone inside, and then like repurposing the ship to sell. I know. Like, it's so fucked up. Humans are terrible. And now we've spread across the universe and there's no stopping us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because it is human nature to survive. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a survival situation, oftentimes the survival of the people around you becomes less important than it would be otherwise. Right. And you can see this slippery slope where you get to this place where you just know, like, people just don't care about other people anymore. Mm-hmm. And caring about other people makes you weird. And, right. like, it makes it harder for you to exist in society, so you have to go get in a ship on your own and fly away, you know? Right, right, which is which exactly is the premise what of the show. Was, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. We, we buy it. But it's weird to see, like, a, a grittier sci-fi show like that where people are still being people and horrible to each other and there's still war and crime and yeah. uh, you know scrabbling over the tiniest little scraps as opposed to something a little bit more uh utopian i guess like star yeah. trek where it's like oh we don't need money we don't need to fight wars we just go out and explore because humans have evolved past all that stuff now it's like oh i think they're both equally unrealistic like the utopian society is unrealistic and i don't see that happening anytime sure i i dream about it (laughs) every day and i want it but it is on i admit it it is unrealistic well that's why Um, we watch it because it's you know it's fun and entertaining yeah and i think there is a way to reach it i think that like making art like that helps us see how it's possible yeah but on the other hand, I think that Firefly's um, nihilism is equally unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the... It the, is pretty bleak. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Like, everybody is a scumbag to the mm-hmm. point where it's a little unbelievable. Yeah. But it works in the context of the story and like the type of story he's trying to tell is so cool and so great that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You yeah. know, it's just... It, it adds to the layers of world building that help this story like really resonate mm. so i love it i mean i really love it yeah no i i'm still singing the praises of the show many a year later um i think if it had gone on longer because he that they, they had to start at like rock bottom like they show in the pilot mal as he was before the war ended and like serenity valley crushed his soul and yeah. he's just like a dead on the inside 
he was generally upbeat. He's still cracking jokes. He was religious. He was religious. Yeah. Um, and then, like, they have to find a way to show you and, like, really drive it home. He's kind of a broken man now. Yeah. So it, it has to be super dark in season one in order for him to have any sort of character arc over right. the, the seasons that they never had. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's such a tragedy that we never got there. But at the same time, the show never had the chance to jump the shark. It was never able to ruin itself. Mm -hmm. Like, what if they did a horrible storyline with Inara being terminally ill and we all hated it, you (laughs) know? Like, what if we just never had the chance to hate it because it never went there? And I, you know, sometimes I feel glad that we only have 14 episodes. Yeah. Because they're so strong. I mean, like, 80% of them are brilliant. Yes, even the ones that I, you know give slightly fewer Vera's than, yeah. than other episodes. They're still so strong and they still stand up so well. Um, other series that have, you know, like 12 seasons or whatever, you, you really kind of wish that they had ended totally. sooner. Like, like Smallville should have ended after seven seasons. Yeah, or Supernatural. Like it, <laughs> I loved Supernatural for a long time, but it just... At at some point, they're just scrabbling for any sort of plot to to like get them through the next episode, and it's like it's the same three things. Like one of the brothers is in trouble, and the other <laughs> one's gonna go save him. Yeah, and they sit in the car for ten minutes at the end of the episode and yell at each other, and then make up. And it's like we've seen it a couple hundred times at this point, right? But. Yeah, I, I I've been thinking about this type of thing a lot. Actually, a couple episodes back, Doug and I were talking about whether or not there can be too much Star Wars, like, as mm. we have all these new Star Wars shows announced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like the more you do something, the less it means. Yeah. Unless you find ways to reinvent it and do it in new ways, but yeah. not all the time. I don't feel that way about everything. Like yeah. like Star Trek in particular, I feel like continues to reinvent itself and stay interesting and. Right. Um, relevant and i i never want it to end well and and i think it depends on the show because like star trek focuses on it's 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 all commentary about like humanity and stuff and and some shows are just like you know a formula of of the same old whatever and it gets stale but when you're constant like like black mirror we were kind of talking about um earlier today just like a show that really examines different aspects of humanity is not necessarily going to get old right? because there's always something that it's talking about that is relevant as opposed to just the same, the same plot over and over again. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> this is totally unrelated, but I'm a huge survivor nerd as mm. people may, may or may not know. <laughs> and season 39 is about to premiere. That blows my mind. Yeah. And they do two seasons a year, seasons. so like 20 years of Survivor. Yeah. Season 40 is already shot. Mm-hmm. The rumor is that it's going to be all winners, which I am so pumped about. <laughs> um, and then they're already casting for seasons 41 and 42, so that show, there's no end planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a thing where like I never want Survivor to end. I love Survivor. I feel like Survivor has rewatch value. I never used to think that, but now yeah. that I've been going back to rewatch with Andy... Um, I'm loving rewatching it. It's yeah. just been so much fun. And is I it, feel like I just want this library to continue to grow for the rest of my life. <laughs> is it always a different location? It used to be, but they stopped doing that mm. um, within the last 
like 10 seasons, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And now they just shoot in Fiji. Ah. But instead of doing different locations like Survivor Guatemala, Survivor Token Teens, like yeah. Survivor Africa, right. now they just do like Survivor David versus Goliath, <laughs> right. where they do themes instead, but- which... I I like actually. Yeah, so they're still keeping it fresh and yeah. it's and it's often like new uh contestants. Yeah, it, players. Most of the time survivalists. it's new contestants. Sometimes they bring back previous players. Mm. There's new twists every year. Yeah. They they change the game every season. So right. it's always a little bit different. So it's not always the same show as yeah, opposed to something totally. where it's like the same three actors, right. you know, rehashing totally. the same issues that totally. they've had over and over again. Yeah, and it's an it's the show itself is this brilliant format that they keep refining and mm-hmm. changing and, and experimenting with. Yeah. And the producers are I've I've you know, I think Jeff Probst is like a brilliant storyteller. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> um and they try to craft story out of what's happening with the people that they cast. Mm-hmm. Um and human beings are infinitely fascinating to me. Yeah. And that's why that show is so interesting because it's just like like these are humans in extreme circumstances and what do they do? How do they react? Right. What happens to them? How do they change? Right. That's always going to be interesting to me. Every zombie movie that's ever been made. It's like, just watch what happens to humanity when they're in the extremes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Survivor is as good as like post-apocalyptic dystopian fiction where Mm -hmm. you watch these people shrink from lack of food and get dirtier and dirtier and like they show up with the clothes on their back and like they're unrecognizable by the end of it Mm -hmm. and some people get what i call the survivor glow where they (laughs) like just being a little bit malnourished but Mm -hmm. having to like you know they're doing these crazy physical challenges all the time and they just start to like glow right like, they but just it become makes more them, human it in makes this them primal more alive way. yeah yeah totally they appreciate it more and they yeah. have to work for everything so yeah you know, there's some people go the opposite way like some people look wretched by the end of survivor <laughs> they just look like like their skin is falling off of their oh, bones but that's unpleasant guys Ugh. i love survivor if you've never seen survivor um you can start with like season 37, David versus Goliath. It was a wonderful season. That so good. Just blows my mind to even hear so something. Good. Season 37. That's I know. Like, it's weird. That's crazy. Yeah. And I, I liked the first few seasons, but I didn't really get into it until season eight when they brought back returning players for the first time. Mm. But that show has get, gotten better and better over time to the point where I, w- I wouldn't necessarily recommend everyone go back and watch from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I don't know, but the, I, I, I just love it. <laughs> I love it. But and I think about like as a content creator, there are certain things that I think can be made indefinitely, like like a sci-fi podcast, for example. Right, because you're talking about different things. You're not trying to force a plot line to like right make sense right. or to like. You're... We're just friends talking, you know. Right this is just a conversation and who doesn't like talking to a friend exactly and you can have a different conversation every time and like if you have different things to talk about there's just infinite stuff to talk about right and like playing mario maker there's just infinite levels that will pop up i mean Mm -hmm. there's millions of levels i I, it's physically impossible to play them all so it's just infinite content but at the same time that's like low i i I say this as a mario maker game streamer it's a low level content right like that's what i watch when i want to zone out to the point where i'm not thinking about anything i just want to watch ryu car play mario maker (laughs) and not think about a goddamn thing right but if i want to engage with media Mm -hmm. um then i want to watch firefly 
yeah. where it's like, or Star Wars, where it's just really intensely enjoyable, where every scene, every moment is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I love it all. But then those are the things where I feel like less is more, where if you make too much of it, then you start to see through the magic and see through the cracks into how it's just a flawed human creation. Right, right. That kind of brings it back around to like, is there too much of some content? Like, yeah. Um, the reason why Firefly has such a cult following is because there were only a limited amount of episodes. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, if they had kept going for even five seasons, it probably would have lost some of the charm. They would yeah. have had some some filler episodes. You know, some that everyone didn't love. Um, we would have maybe some of the characters would have died who knows because it's joss whedon yeah maybe someone besides anora <laughs> wash or uh you know but yeah, like, like even you never even that know. movie like i know yeah. you love that movie and i but i just don't care for it yeah like, the serenity movie really um deflated me for some reason but i'm excited to revisit it when we get there yeah because we definitely will it's definitely a different beast entirely yeah yeah like the the movie I mean, obviously, spoilers, but for the movie, but you've probably seen it. But yeah, the killing <laughs> killing Wash really bothered me because it felt like it didn't feel like natural storytelling. It felt like emotionally manipulative storytelling. Where oh, like, it definitely was. Like, yeah. I want you to fear for everyone else's life, so I'm going to right. randomly kill someone. Oh yeah, no, that was definitely his his motivation. He was yeah. like, he's he said it like, I am killing Wash because I need you to. F- be on your seat for the rest right. of this movie like everyone might die right you don't know but the reason it didn't work for me is that the final battle was so hollywoodized mm. and it felt so the whole thing just felt like so staged there was some like soaring orchestral music that probably yeah. made it a little yeah and mal's having this Hollywood like for you crazy like sword fight on like dangly like, how many hit points does mal have that, that's okay that's a different <laughs> yes. conversation but. yeah totally but anyway um but because of all that feeling a little fake to me mm. then i'm like well ma- one of my favorite characters just died to yeah. make this feel real but it didn't right and then i got mad mm. i felt like toyed with okay um, i can see that yeah so that's why that bothered me so much and i yeah. feel like if anara had gone if we'd have gotten more show and we'd gone down this road of you know anara's terminal illness i think that knowing joss whedon it would have been emotionally manipulative in a way that might have upset me so i'm kind of like relieved that it didn't happen (laughs) yeah i mean she's alive now it's fine everything's fine yeah totally totally fine yeah it's not that a good story can't be told about someone with a terminal illness because that's obviously not the case it's just there's like those stories are really hard Mm -hmm. you know and as, yeah, you got to be careful how it, you tell it. But right, like I, as someone who's had cancer and like this mystery illness where I didn't know what my future would look like, mm-hmm. I'm touchy about this. You right, know, right. Um, not that I've you ever, and I are both. <laughs> yeah, not that I've ever had a terminal illness because like my cancer was not ever serious in any way. And right, um, but but it still touches close enough that you're like right. You could put yourself I still, in those. I've, I've had moments where I've thought, "Is this going to kill me?" This right. thing that I have about mm-hmm. two different things in my life. Um, so I understand that feeling to some degree, even if it was like a brief time. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I can't even imagine what it would be like to know that whatever it is, is going to kill me, you know, because I've never, I've never been told that by a doctor. Like that's, it's never been, that's just been my paranoia and fear. Right. You, so, I don't think you really can until you're put in that position, but. It, that's exactly right. And that's why I don't want Joss Whedon to tell me that story. Mm-hmm. Like I want, 
unless he's working with someone who has experienced it or or lived with someone who experienced it i i feel like it's not going to be a genuine story unless it comes from a real place of knowledge i get that yeah that makes sense to me and and we all know that joss whedon is someone who who writes with authority about things that he's never experienced you know what i mean (laughs) yes yes for for better and for worse yeah I am excited. Um, he's got uh, a show. So, have you heard about uh, HBO uh, Plus? No, that's Disney Plus. What's there's a new HBO? All right, so they've got Go. They've got Now. They're coming out with a new one in the spring. Oh, I don't think I've heard about this. Uh, what does it do? It's a new streaming thing. And they're planning on having some exclusive content on it, I believe. It's, and it's different from the HBO now? I don't know That's if they're going to continue having all these other ones. Okay. I gotta I gotta look it up. Uh, bear with me, internets. <laughs> HBO Max. It's called HBO oh. Max. Um, and it's going to be a, a new streaming thing. But anyway, he's going to have a show. Joss Whedon. Really? It's going to have a show on it about uh, girls with superpowers. Uh, surprise, surprise. But <laughs> set in Victorian times. Okay. And it's called... Uh, I should have not totally blanked out before this. Um, the Leavers? The Nevers? The, the Nevers. The that sounds nevers. so familiar. I think it's the... Maybe the Nevers. Um, I've heard of that. Is that this? Yeah, it's called. The <laughs> I did read about this. Is an upcoming science fiction drama television series created by Joss Whedon that is set to premiere on HBO. Uh, Does it say when? Spring. We don't know, but okay. which is also when HBO Max is supposed to launch, which is why I'm thinking maybe they're going to launch it on that. Um, I just hope that he gets some women in the writers' room. Uh, well, uh, Jane Espenson. Okay, good. Great. Group everybody loves. Fuck yeah. And, <laughs> That'll uh, do. Bernadette Caulfield. I wonder if she's related to Emma Caulfield, who played oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Anya. Anya. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll do some more research on that. Maybe we'll talk about that in the spring when it yeah. comes out. But anyway, the numbers, yeah. very exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to think about, like, there's been some stuff that's come out about Joss Whedon and, like, what it was like to work with him and, mm-hmm. um, like, potential, you know, I hate to talk about this, like potential sexual misconduct. Yeah, there was, there was definitely a thing, which I still haven't, there was like a letter. His wife, his ex-wife. Revealed. They they got divorced, right? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, she wrote Um, this long, I read it, and she wrote this long thing about how he was basically cheating on her with multiple people throughout the relationship and Mm. like threatening her to not reveal that and, you know, using his power on set to like, sleep with actresses and it yeah. all of it just sounds awful and yeah. there's a and big he's basically been like dark right since that happened right like he so there's a big disagreed. part of me that feels like conflicted about supporting yeah. a new work of his because the way i feel about this type mm. of thing is like if like we've grown up on firefly at this point we right. love firefly we right. can't stop loving firefly it's a brilliant wonderful show that a lot of people besides joss whedon worked on right um but at the same time so so I I have no shame loving Firefly. I will right. continue to love Firefly. It was but but do we want to support continued, you know, things. wealth and success for this person who is, you know, based on their brand recognition. Yeah, who's not necessarily um 
who's not like treating people well and yeah. who is, you know, a, a, a potentially abusing women mm-hmm. and, and is like revered as a feminist icon for telling stories about female superheroes. Like that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Right. I don't know enough details and I guess I've willfully ignored some of it, Sure, but uh, I don't know enough details to feel super uncomfortable about it. Like, yeah, yeah he obviously wronged his wife um they should have talked about that sort of thing and you know not have it be revealed later that obviously he was you know cheating on her but um i don't know yeah and there's there's a there's a difference there's like there's levels you know there's like i agree there's weinstein and then there's someone that like right had extramarital affairs right and we (laughs) should not be um judge jury and executioner for everyone who's had an extramarital affair you know it's not like if you've ever had an affair you should never work again that's that's not what i'm saying but if you're using if you're using your power to if you're using your uh your power on a film set to pressure women into sleeping with you that's not okay that's not okay yeah that's that's definitely a no-no um but like but then i don't know i mean that that is i don't know but you're right there are levels like Mm -hmm. you're, you're not like I don't want to go. What I, from what I understand, most of it was consensual. Like, yeah. situations were presented, and you know, uh, he was away from home a lot, and running three different shows at certain times, or right. like working right. on Marvel. So you'd like you, you don't see your family for possibly weeks, months at a time. Right, and, and there's a huge difference if it's consensual. Like that's it's, a massive, massive, like, massive difference. The world of that's difference. what I was trying to say, and that's yeah. a better way of saying yeah, it. Yeah. I kept stumbling over my words, but that is what I'm trying to get at is that like if this guy was engaging in consensual activities that I mean, obviously not by his wife's account, but right. um, he's not like as, as long as he's not like not, raping people. Exactly. You know, yeah. Like, not using his power as a director in like these huge projects, whether they're TV right. or their movies or whatever, like it, it, as long as he wasn't forcing anyone to do anything right but but where is the line there because pressuring someone or implying that someone will get a bigger part or something like that if they sleep with you like that's not that's it's not not rape you know like it's not outside of the realm of rape it is still in the realm of rape a very murky area for sure like drunk consent is not consent yeah and exactly yeah and that's a form it's almost like drunk consent in a way well I mean, yeah, it's just, it's legally people go back and forth with like alcohol, even like what, what, if someone's been drinking, where do you draw the line where they've, they've gone from knowing exactly what they're doing and just having fun or, or just a little toe over the line of something like this is a little out of character, but it's still something that they want to do right? versus something that like they're not even in control of themselves anymore. Right. And like somebody could be out of control and engage in something that Mm -hmm. they don't remember doing. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, (laughs) this is all so tricky. It's all so complicated. Um, Like I, I don't know. I, I've known people that have had some horrible experiences where they thought that they were engaging in something essentially and found out after the fact that it wasn't because that person was drunk and didn't remember or right. or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we need like we do need to believe victims and drunk consent is not consent. It's not. And if someone is drunk and says that they want to sleep with you, 
The answer is no. Like the answer is always no. It's, yeah. Unless like it's your girlfriend and you've been sleeping together all the time and like you've had a conversation about this right. and if you, you know talk about it first right. and you set up some like, boundaries and i'm gonna get drunk and want to have sex with you later yeah. you know like that's right, right. that's that's you fine know what you're getting into great have fun but yeah. you know like our our society does not treat women well and yeah. um you know we need to be aware of that and respect that and yeah. like not engage in things that are you know and not abuse power. Right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this back into the episode that we just watched because yes. like <laughs> that what Mal did was so out of the ordinary for like Seferin says most men are on her inside of ten minutes when she puts herself in this position where it's like, uh, I'm your wife, what are you gonna do with me? You know? Yeah. And so then she immediately has the ability to drop the con on them. But she had to work so hard because Mal kept turning her down and like, look, I don't want to abuse this power. You think that you were sold to me, basically, because we did this job and the guy couldn't pay his debts. And and you're basically just like a sex slave. And that's not right. I need to teach you to stand up for yourself. That's so rare to see in television like normally uh, uh, a pretty girl like that is just objectified you know yeah and this episode is part of why it resonates so strongly with people is because it it i don't know it's it's clearly fantasy but you know <laughs> you, you see mal doing the right thing like yeah. even though he's uh, trying as hard as he can he's, he's trying as hard as he can um but he he treats her decently, you know, he doesn't take advantage. Everyone else is, you know, slinging allegations at him or, you know, like ribbon people and, 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 and cracking wise. But, uh, he's, he's treating her like a human, you Mm -hmm. know, which, which is rare for someone that pretty. Yeah. (laughs) As beautiful as Christina Hendricks. Yeah, and it complicates matters that she is playing him and trying to get him to yeah to like make a move on her. Definitely um, messing with our expectations of what's yeah, going on. Yeah, totally. Which make which does make the story work really well for me. Where mm-hmm. I like the story seems to recognize its own um, issues that it's bringing up, right? And kind of skirts them in a way that seems kind of elegant. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, making some commentary on on the normal expectations of the audience and and people in general but um it does it in such a a way that you're not really thinking about it you're just you're you're entertained the whole time you're just along for the ride it's funny but it's also talking about real issues and it's um it's beautiful it's touching uh this this episode has everything yeah it really does well should we rate it i think we should how many Viras do you give this episode? I'm going to give this episode 10 Viras. 10 Viras. Ten, a 10 out of 10. 10. It's a perfect episode. That's the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that because when I was watching, I'm like, this This is like a 10 out of 10, isn't yeah. it? The only thing that, that keeps this back for me is Anara's story of mm-hmm. like her jealousy mm-hmm. being is feeling a little forced. Like It feels a little heavy-handed yeah. in certain scenes especially yeah. like the camera zooms in on her reaction shot right. like as Mal just, walks past like eh, it's yeah little... it's like the, like the jealous woman trope that yeah. didn't need to be in there yeah 
but it did like drive story and i see why they did it and mm-hmm. you know it did it doesn't like it doesn't like offend me by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> but it's just for yeah. me like story wise it's the only thing that, that, that it's the only bit. thing that pulls my pulls at my suspension of disbelief a little mm. bit um so i'm gonna give this one a nine out of ten Okay. But it's very, very, very strong. Like, it's really great. So good. I, and I, I remember watching this show for the first time being like, oh my God, this show's yeah. good. What like, this is, is good. this? Yeah. This is kind of a silly thing to say. But when we were watching it tonight, I felt like, I'm like, this is like Shakespeare to me, you know? It is though, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's been around so long and it's like part of us now, you know, like when something mm. really sinks into your daily like you use the quotes and you like get into that sort of uh that flow of speech you know when you're when you're listening to it it's it's very poetic but it's also cultural like it 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 becomes part of your uh uh what's the zeitgeist mm, yeah yeah totally <laughs> um this this episode definitely has all those elements yeah i mean Joss Whedon really defined the 90s dialogue, you know, like oh, TV sure. dialogue. And yeah, I yeah. guess this was like early 2000s. Early but, 2000s. But the, still, the early like, aughts. like <laughs> so much of, I mean, I've been watching the Arrowverse recently. Like mm-hmm. Felicity Smoke is a Joss Whedon character, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you watched any of those shows? I have not. Okay. I'm aware of the Arrowverse, yeah. but uh, I never went down that rabbit hole. I just dived in recently yeah. and I'm loving it. I'm really enjoying it. Nice. I'm actually, I just started Supergirl and I'm really loving it. So it, is that the same Supergirl that's in, like, it, they're different networks, right? Yeah, so it started on a different network and they canceled it, mm-hmm. but then the CW picked it up, mm-hmm. so it got brought over to the same network. Okay. And it is all in the same universe, but like multiverse yeah. stuff is going on there. Oh, uh, okay. Well, but yeah. they do cross over with each other. Oh. So, um, yeah, the... Uh, Melissa Benoist, who plays Kara Danvers, mm-hmm. does show up in like the crossovers with Arrow and the Flash. Nice. Um, and I'm almost there. I'm very excited about it. Ooh. So yeah, I I I love us. Did you watch any of Supergirl? I did not. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really get into DC stuff, mm. which mm, yeah, just there's too much it, stuff. It just didn't happen. I yeah. just other things, other things going on. Um. Oh, I did want to talk to you. This is a bit of a tangent, but yeah. it is sci-fi. Um, the Bobaverse. I feel like I may have mentioned it to you. You mentioned this in to the me past. Yeah, you should really I don't know what this is though. Check out. So sci-fi book series. There's three of them, mm-hmm. um, and it's about uh, von Neumann probes, which are the self-replicating things that's basically like a 3d printer that can make more 3d printers that okay. can, like basically end up making a spaceship and like everything that you need on the spaceship to survive or like go out into the world and like m- make the tools that you need to mine an asteroid to get the elements that you need to make more things uh-huh. um so that's the the premise where it starts um but uh it's it's really good sci-fi i highly cool. recommend it oh uh, my god the babaverse the ba- yeah so the first book is called uh we are legion Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in parentheses, we are Bob. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so good. The um, If you do audiobooks at all, interwebs, oh, and yeah. you're looking for recommendations, the, the Audible books are amazing. Uh, Ron Taylor? Rob Taylor? Somebody? He does an amazing job. 
great voice acting. Cool. On this guy's part. Nice. Yeah, I haven't listened to audiobooks in a long time. I've done it in the past. Like, I've listened to a, a couple of Next Generation audiobooks narrated by Jonathan Frakes. Oh. Which was fun. Like, listening to him do yeah. Beverly Crusher's voice is <laughs> wild. Yeah. And, like, he does he does all their voices, like Captain Picard. It's just... Uh-huh. It's a it's a real weird thing to listen to, but I highly recommend it if you are a Star Trek nerd. That's interesting. Yeah, super weird. Wow. Um, but I listen to so much like podcast content, mm, so okay. much. Yeah. Um, I I walk around listening to people talk all day long. Yeah. So I should I should throw some audiobooks in there. There's some books but in there. You'll part, enjoy these books. Part of what I love about listening to podcasts is that it's not crucial to listen to every moment. You know, like sometimes I'll. And I, I say this as someone making a podcast that I hope people are listening to, but sometimes I, I zone in and out as I'm listening to things. Right. Podcasts are usually like background stuff. Like people yeah. are multitasking, they're commuting to work or exactly. yeah. doing dishes or, or whatever. Like if, I'm making, a minute. if we're making it easier for you to go on a jog right now or to do your dishes, then fuck yeah. Like that's, yeah, you're doing that's it what right. I'm all about. You know, I... Exactly. I... Like talking about like lower level content, that's kind of what I mean is like <laughs> right. content that... It does not necessarily require a hundred percent of your attention. Yeah, you you can yeah. split your focus a little bit. And yeah, things are still okay. Like when I spend like a year working on a, a three minute song, I want people to listen to it mm-hmm. intently. Right. Um. But you know, a podcast like anyone listening to any of it at all in any way makes me happy. Like I I don't I I do never need anyone to like listen to every moment or or anything <laughs> like that. I I don't expect that because I don't do that with other podcasts yeah it's understandable with the just the medium that it is like people just you know they're they're usually going to be multitasking i don't think anyone just sits down turns on a podcast and does nothing else yeah it's and it's okay if that's what you're doing right now we're not judging no if you're doing that's cool that's that's great thanks you're like hardcore i love you we appreciate it yeah (laughs) but uh you know we understand you know people people like to multitask yeah i I, my life was totally changed by casual content Mm -hmm. because I'm someone who gets like really anxious during commutes or Mm, um, like I walk my dog three times a day and I used to get really anxious walking slow. But now I'm like, oh, great. Time to go listen to a podcast. You know, I'm stoked. You're not in quite a rush. Yeah. If you're if you're waiting for people to get to the end of their segment or whatever, then it's it's okay that you're out walking around the block a few times. Like if I'm in the car, if I'm cooking, I mean. Mm Any time where I am alone and it is silent, I will put a podcast on. Like I have a yeah. Bluetooth speaker that I, I hook up when I'm in the shower, so I can get it loud enough to hear. And yeah. I don't know. I I it really helps me get through the day happier mm-hmm. to have casual content on in the background. Yeah, I feel very nice. similarly about like game streams and stuff. Totally understandable. I yeah. I get that too. I like to have audiobooks going all the yeah. time. Um, that's making me think of uh something that Chuck Palahniuk wrote, the guy that did Fight Club. I've read a lot of his books, actually. Um, did you read Lullaby? I did. A I, long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. It was a long time ago. But um, there's always a a bit that sticks out where he's talking about the canned recorded applause on old sitcoms. Uh-huh. And he's talking about that because like people are uncomfortable with silence. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's always got to be something, even if it's just forced you know, recordings of people that are long dead clapping for something. So it's like, it tells you to clap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but humans are just uncomfortable with silence most of the time. So yeah, for me, it's, it's my own mind. If I can hear my own brain, I get mm-hmm. anxious. Like yeah. my brain will just start, um, 
if, if it's silent and it's I'm like not doing feedback anything. Feedback loop. Yes, exactly. My brain will just start like going down rabbit holes that I would prefer to to not dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I get really like not super anxious, but like I can't listen to myself talk. So I know it's weird oh, that like, yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. all these podcasts. I cannot go I back and listen to the ones you. where I'm yeah. talking. Yeah. Um, it just makes me super uncomfortable. So I'll, I'll just, I'll sit there and I'll just be like, you're not I, the, you're not the first. How, I've heard that from many people. Conversation? A, a majority of the people who come on the show don't listen mm-hmm. to themselves. On I, the show. I can't, I can't do my own episodes. I just, yeah. it's, it's no good. I have had, I've had like weird panic attacks listening to myself mm-hmm. where I've like, I'm like, I'm stupid. Like, <laughs> Why I'm, did I say that? Why like, did I say it that way? Yeah, Why? I don't like me at all. I know. I'm so terrible at yeah. this. But then I'll listen to the same thing later. I'm like, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. So I, but I don't have, I don't, I obviously don't have that thing where I'm uncomfortable listening to myself because like, mm-hmm. if anything, I'm sick of listening to myself because <laughs> I've done it for hundreds of hours. Right. You've had to like edit these things yeah. and like you have to go back and listen like sometimes yeah. multiple times until you, <laughs> yeah. until you get things where they need to be and I've gotten I've I've talked about this a little bit recently but I well I'll share it with you as well that I've kind of changed my approach to podcasting where I'm I'm just like exporting the conversation and listening to it once and if mm-hmm. I like it I put it out yeah. instead of like going through moment by moment and deciding if every word should be there or not right and like tweaking you know, pauses or exactly, you know, yeah, totally. Things. And I will still, I mean, if I'm uncomfortable with the way I word something, or if I feel like something my guest says did not represent what they were trying to say mm-hmm. in a way that makes it sound like they're saying something else entirely, and mm-hmm. I know that they don't want that, I'll right. take it out. Yeah. Um. But, but in general, I just like export the conversation, go listen to it, and I, I'll be totally honest, I love this podcast. <laughs> like, I really like listening to it, and that's why I continue to make it is because. I really like listening to it. It's mm-hmm. a particular type of of science fiction discussion that I want to hear. You mm-hmm. know, like I love the people that come on this show and I really and, and I obviously love the topics that we're talking about. I'm right. making this for me in a lot of ways. Yeah, so. and that really helps um not just like for the people who are listening cuz they can tell that you know we're really animated about it and we really love it, but like if you ever have to go back and you have to do it again, you know, it's not it's not a chore. It's not work. It's yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Although, I mean, like, when I lose recordings, mm. sometimes there I can't do it again because it's like they, I was telling Jane before we started recording that I recorded a podcast with Alexandria yesterday for two hours and we lost all but the first forty minutes to mm. a computer crash, and we went like it's really so deep on some really intense topics, yeah. and I really felt like this is what podcasting is all about. And, and then the computer froze, and I'm like, and the universe said, "Fucking no. shit." <laughs> fuck you know just i don't know um and we're still trying to conversation was too deep it was too deep too deep yeah and like we watched all the hunger games movies together over the course of like two months to record this podcast but Uh, now we're not even sure like do we go back and try to do it again i don't even know any of that like it's hard to do it a second time because the it's not as organic if right. you have to try to like oh remember that one thing we talked about and right it's it's not the same right like if we talk about it we have to pretend we haven't talked about it before and right. it's weird i've lost i think three podcasts total in my you know this is like hundred 
30 ish that's not bad it's not bad yeah, yeah it's a low percentage mm-hmm. and i'm trying to figure out a new way to make sure it doesn't happen again as mm-hmm. far as like having an active backup as i'm recording yeah. but i tried to do that tonight and, and it didn't work but i'm working on it um so we just <laughs> have to like we're just stopping and saving every now and then that's the only editing that i'm doing now is like stitching it back together yeah besides like you know if something is like sticks in my mind as needs to come out i'll take it out um but uh but yeah, I forgot I forgot what I was just where I was going just now. But I will say that like when I when I export these and listen to them, I really enjoy them. And I don't usually go back and listen to old ones, but when I've done it like once or twice, I really enjoyed those too. That's good. Yeah, but I do have this like weird paranoia. It's like I have this giant body of work now where I've said thousands of things and i'm sure that hundreds of them were so stupid right. and like well, if i could hear it now i'd be like oh buddy like no yeah. like why'd you say that people are always changing so like right from one week to another your your views could change you know and then and then you go back and you listen to something that is like set in stone right and uh it's it's weird to see your old viewpoints. It is weird. Yeah, it's something that I'm now I've now been doing this long enough to really feel the weirdness of. Mm-hmm. And also like I've been through so much weird health shit in the last 2 years that has affected me affected me on a neurological level like pretty intensely at certain times. Mm-hmm. So I've like listened to podcasts. I'm like, I sound like a different person. Like this is really affecting my brain, isn't it? It's trippy. It's, yeah, it's really trippy. It's really weird. Luckily, it comes and goes, and it's not. I don't feel like I've lost a version of myself. I feel like it's harder for me to access it, and I just need to get back to being able to access it. Um, but it's been, I don't know. Like my podcasting really like slowed a- down for the last. Like I was every week consistently for a while, and then as you know, because yeah. you and I. Like you were the have been like a consistent thing through like the last year. This is our sixth Firefly podcast. Oh, we still it's, have so many. Yeah, it's taken us like a long time. Uh, we've been doing this for over a year for mm. sure. When it should have taken like a couple of months. Right. If um, we were doing like one a week, right, it would have been done. We've been ago. done a long time like ago. A year ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's just I don't know. It's interesting how things happen and how things work out. I. I. But yeah, I'm just really obsessed with like continuing to make stuff yeah i was just thinking these are almost like they're almost like captain's logs for you <laughs> like if you go back it's like a little time capsule of like what was going on at the time but in the context of the space adventure <laughs> totally yeah yeah and i'm learning to let go of being right about everything because that used to be something I'd worry about. It's like, oh, I have to make sure that everything I say is accurate. Mm. Like, this is not a news show. No. And if I misspeak about something, or if I forget something, or if I say something wrong, yeah. I need to stop, like, holding myself to such it, a high standard. It doesn't have to be, you know, like a, a Wikipedia of the fandom, you know? Right. We, if you say an actor's name wrong or something, it's like, yeah, we're we're all human. Things, yeah. things happen. Yeah, there are sci-fi nerds out there that need everything to be... 100% scientific and make perfect sense with the known science of the day. And then there are sci-fi nerds yeah. out there that are just there for the experience and right. want to be taken somewhere mm-hmm. and experience something based off of something that could could feel real. Right. And that's it's me. I'm the latter. Science fiction, not science fact. <laughs> yeah, I'm the latter. And that's how I feel about this podcast is like as long yeah. as the energy and the essence of the conversation is, is positive, then I need to stop worrying about it so yeah. much. But, for sure. Sure. And I'm really excited to enter into the space nerds phase of this yes. podcast because I 
I mean, like putting my own name in the title um, makes the sh- I, makes the show about me in a way that I am no longer needing. Like for the first long yeah. while, I kind of needed more... to like express myself. You know, mm-hmm. I need to have a podcast so I could express me. Yeah. But now I'm more like I want to have a group. It's a community, a community. discussion. Exactly. You know, it's and, not just one host. Yeah, totally. And I really want the listeners to be a part of that community as well, and to reach out and you know you can always write to me sci-fi at jessemercury.com and let me know what you're thinking about what we're talking about i'd love to talk about it on the podcast yeah, and tell us your ideas folks. yeah yeah and i, I want to move into a more community minded era of the podcast nice and i'm very excited that you were a part of that yeah yeah i'm, I'm happy to help out yeah so i have this uh i guess it's another bit of a tangent um it's also kind of on the on the thread of community and yeah and um also a little bit of Mario Maker, I guess. Oh my god. Um, so it's not... I, now I really want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actual Mario Maker, but it's in that thread. Um, okay. Have you heard any of the um, VR community space called Rec Room? No. Okay. Um, so it started off as just people in this... Uh, virtual reality space but it was it was all about community it was like hanging out in these certain rooms or doing these like dungeons together or or do like paintball or or things like that it's all very community oriented and now it's it's more it's spread out where people make their own spaces and it's mm. kind of like have you seen ready player one or Ready yes Book? i did watch that it's recently basically the oasis and i where people make their own <laughs> yeah their own realities and uh-huh. it's like come over to my room sure and it's like, like almost like minecraft in a like way minecraft yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, a little bit like minecraft um and and i don't know if it already is or if they're working on it they're um having it spread to 2d platforms as well so like you could make spaces on your pc so you don't necessarily have to do it in vr oh cool um rec room rec room um like recreational you know rec room yeah um (laughs) but they're they're coming out with something soon i believe um sometime this month um that's kind of mario (laughs) maker-esque where you can um put your own spin on on stuff um not just like a space and um, I immediately thought of you. I was like, oh, I need to, to tell Jesse about this. Um, oh I'll find out a little bit more. All I knew is that it was coming out in September. But I'll have to check that out. I'll see what's going on with it. I I want to have a game where I can build my own space in a way that like feels really gratifying. Mm-hmm. Because like, Stardew Valley is the closest that I've had to that. Where I spent like, you know, I think almost... Well, over definitely over 100 hours, maybe close to 200 hours in Stardew Valley. Wow, yeah. Just, like, building a farm, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, yeah. making it the most, um, uh, like, efficient farm possible right. to earn me the most gold in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. And also, like, decorated a ton of it and, like, put mm-hmm. a lot of my personality into it. And yeah. there's something so satisfying about that. Um, but But it's also, like... It was very limited in what I could do. Like when you get to the, I mean, limited over hundreds of hours. Right. But, there's still lots of different little things you could do, but right. It's not like a customize the, everything. It, it doesn't have a level of customization um, that something like Minecraft has. Mm-hmm. But Minecraft is just I've never played it, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've tried Dragon Quest Builders and really enjoyed it, but it just wasn't quite my mm-hmm. my jam. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm, I'm really interested in this idea of like building a world for myself in a video game. Yeah. So that could be really cool. Rec Room could be I, really cool. I think you'd probably really enjoy it. Um, so I'll dig a little deeper into that and maybe we can talk about it. Nice. That more time and and we still need to do like vr and stuff with you we haven't done yeah bridge crew Ugh, or, bridge crew um i want to do that <laughs> so bad yeah. that's the thing where you're like on the bridge of the enterprise d yeah that's just my dream yeah i mean i, I have experienced it once in las vegas it it's mind-blowing it's different though when you're in vr and it's like in your eyeballs and you're right. not it's just like totally different and you're doing a scenario and it's not just like oh the same God you know one thing that you go that. through i want to do that so bad yeah so uh, we should do that you we could have done it earlier i know i we, we live so close it's so great um soon yeah we'll for do sure. it soon and, and maybe soon we'll... we will also do our next firefight podcast about janestown yeah that's another great one yeah. um internet if you don't know my name is jane with a y so yes is your town J- Jane Cobb? Uh, is a, he's got a special place in my heart. So. And his name is spelled the same way. I had a funny moment tonight watching the show. I was like, "Your names are both Jane." <laughs> Every once in a while, it's like, huh? Yeah, like I'm sure I've noticed that before, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, and then I keep getting surprised by it. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have, uh, I have several Jane hats and like right. made my own and that's you know, right yeah. we wore them for that picture yeah, once like long ago yeah when we first started doing this yeah it's so it's so weird to me like just the way that time works and because like I, you and I have been podcasting about Firefly for over a year mm-hmm. but both if someone since then yeah totally but if someone listens through this mm-hmm. like those Firefly episodes will start just like within the last 20 episodes, I think, of the podcast. Like, not that far back in the podcast feed, Mm -hmm. but because I wasn't able to put out podcasts consistently, everything slowed down so much. It wasn't, like, a year's worth of podcasts. It's like you were uh, too close to a black hole, and time (laughs) got all weird and relativistic. All all wobbly. (laughs) Wibbly wobbly. Yeah. And I, I don't... Something about that, like, stresses me out. It's weird. I get stressed about content creation in weird ways, and I've been, like, working through this... Um, trying to find ways to not stress about it and just enjoy it. I think a lot of artists struggle with the the feeling of you either have to put out a ton of content or you have to make like a masterpiece. Yeah, like totally. every year, you know, totally. like you have to have the pinnacle like perfection thing of whatever it is that you're making you know yeah. it's a, a painting or a, a tv episode or, or a, a sci-fi synth pop album yeah exa- exactly yeah. like like you either stress out about it being 100 percent flawless or you stress out about i'm not i'm not doing enough like yeah. i've been not doing one every three days you know like everybody's got something that's eating at them yeah, and it's so funny because the the biggest thing that gets in our own way is ourselves. And totally. we can't imagine how anyone else is is taking in anything that we make, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be something different to everyone, and some people will like it and some people won't, and yeah. that's just how existence works. Exactly. And to try to fight that is is futile. Right. And to stress about that is a waste of, of energy. It is a waste of energy. It's, it's also very human, I think. Like, sure. You can't really turn it off. Yeah. Because uh, if you do, then are you really living? You know, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stress a little. 
not too yeah. much. Try to dial it down if you can. But yeah. you gotta you gotta care. Like stressing out is just you caring so much about something that Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, it consumes you. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean I really like I really want this show to succeed. Like I really mm-hmm. care about it. And that's why I'm trying a name change. I'm trying to like inject some fresh life into this. Yeah. And bring some people some fresh blood on board officially, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um as fellow space nerds and I'm really excited about it. I, I like the name. Um I'm it, glad speaks to me i guess i am a space nerd i don't know i'm just like oh yeah i I would listen to that yeah okay good (laughs) that's what i want yeah Yeah. um and like what it came from is i was thinking about like the the thing that i really love saying at the end of the show is stay nerdy out there yeah um that just happened naturally in one episode (laughs) yeah it it, over time it became a tagline Mm -hmm. it was like the first time it happened i don't even know what episode it was in Mm -hmm. it just came out of my mouth and i'm like oh i liked that um and as a podcaster, like having to say the same thing over and over can be problematic mm-hmm. because it starts to feel forced and fake. Right. And I, I got to the point where I'm, I couldn't say welcome to sci-fi with Jesse Mercury anymore without feeling uncomfortable. Right. I mean, I never felt comfortable saying it because I'm referring to myself in the third person and it feels weird. <laughs> um, but like greeting space nerds, that yeah, feels great. That feels totally. Yeah. And that's like. I like it. You can say it for hundreds of episodes. Totally. Mm. And I've always been a space nerd and mm-hmm. like. I, I, that's what would draw me in. It's like, oh, a space nerds podcast. Yeah. I want to listen to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as much as like, I mean, this is still a science fiction show. And like, obviously sometimes we'll talk about things that aren't in space, but, mm-hmm. but it should appeal to space nerds. I have a confession to make, I guess. Uh, I wanted to be an astronaut when really? I was a kid. So space has spoken to me for yeah my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely went through an astronaut. Yeah. Thing as a kid yeah. also. Like, I went to space like, camp and I would watch movies about... Yeah. There was, I like, a movie where kids ended up in space. And I'm like, how can that be me? space camp. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily the space camp. Oh, no, no, no. I went to a space camp. Yeah, Not yeah, the yeah. space camp. No, no, no. no. It, was, it was, uh, for It me. was, like, real cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like... Still really cool, but it was but it was fun. You learned like science and um, yeah. I think mine was like a day long. It was a very small thing, but I was really uh, into it. I think mine was like a week. I think I got like a t-shirt. I think I still have my t-shirts. Oh wow! It was in Idaho, and nice. uh, yeah, it was an experience, and I will always remember sucking at scuba diving, trying to get like the buoyancy of <laughs> it. Just uh, it was a thing, but anyway, yeah. Space, space. So you did like the underwater training? Um, it was, it wasn't like a full train. It was like a pool at a like learn how to scuba dive place. But we had to do like a task underwater. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I was so buoyant for some reason. Like I couldn't get under the water long enough (laughs) to do the task. Uh, but, um, space camp. Yeah. I, mine, my memory is so vague, and I, I'd have to ask my parents, like, what this was. But mm. I remember going to, like, a day thing where it was, like, in a classroom somewhere, and we were yeah. pretending it was mission control, and oh, we were, awesome. like, you know, like, learning about how space operations work. Oh, but it was just, cool. like, a day. Yeah. So I don't even know if it was really a space camp, but... I think that counts. Yeah, it I don't know. It was a space day camp. We didn't camp, so yeah. I don't know what it was. I might have made up the whole thing, but either way. <laughs> it yeah, still sounds I, fun. I mean, I've always wanted to go into space. Like, mm-hmm. I think that space is the most gorgeous thing. Yeah. Like, I follow NASA on Instagram. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you seen their photos? <laughs> oh, man. There was, like, a photo of a galaxy today that, like, 
mesmerized me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I don't know, like just thinking about what's out there and how small we are mm-hmm. and how complex our lives are and how complex the universe is. It's just like mind blowing. It is. It's incredible. It's humbling, but it's also kind of like really exciting to see all the different crazy things out there. And, yeah. You know, as big as space is, there's, there's gotta be more people out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And also the fact that like, if you're in space, you are surrounded by death. Like, Always. Yeah. Like the Martian, you know, we were talking yes. about earlier, just like every single action that you take you have to think about all the ways to not accidentally kill yourself right you know it's so intense it's very intense like can you ever get comfortable in a spaceship knowing that at any moment like the oxygen could fail and you could die or Mm -hmm. like if you open the door you could die or you know if you if like uh, someone accidentally like punctures a hole in the window you could die right that's part of why my favorite episode is out of gas Yes. Um, Because they address the, like, yeah, you're in space. What do you do if something goes wrong? Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I'm pumped about that. That is also my favorite episode. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, this was so much fun, Jane. Always a pleasure. Of course. Yeah. Happy to be... uh, I don't know if it's official yet, inducted into the Space oh, it's Nerd official. community. <laughs> it's official. Uh, yeah, all right. Looking yeah. Forward. Yeah, and until next time, stay, stay nerdy, nerdy out, out there. there. <laughs> Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash jessemercurysci-fi. If you love this podcast, help me spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, or by contacting me directly via email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. For more cosmic content, including my sci-fi synth-pop album, music videos, podcasts, and live streams, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!